and this is our week five. And like I told you all two weeks ago, this I don't know how long God will keep us here, but I believe he wants us to stay here because of, again, what is happening around us. Spiritual warfare and battle is on another level these days. I mean, it is hot and is intense. And if you read in Revelation chapter 12, verse 12, it says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Why? It says, Because the enemy, Satan, has come down, having great wrath. And why? Because he knows his time is short. So Satan is doing crazy things because he knows this thing is wrapping up. And for us in the church, we need to realize that as well and begin to fight this spiritual battle, not here. Everything you see in the natural, everything you see in the physical has its origin in the spiritual realm. Everything you see here is just the fruit. The root is in the spiritual realm. And so when you get born again, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, you have to learn to do all your business over there. Because listen to what the Bible says in Ephesians. I alluded to this the last time. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, He says, every spiritual blessings that you have been blessed with, everything God has given you, they are all in the heavenly places. Then Ephesians Ephesians 1.20, he says, Christ is seated at the right hand of God in the heavenly places. And then Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, he says, we have been raised as well, and we are seated right now with Jesus Where? In the heavenly places. And then Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 tells us that angels, angels are all operating in the heavenly places. And then Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 tells us that the devil, principalities, powers, hosts of wickedness are all operating where as well? In the heavenly places. So we cannot afford to be here in the earthly places when everything is happening over there in the heavenly places. And God calls us kings and priests. Right now in Revelation, it says you are kings and you are priests. We don't have altars anymore where you go sacrifice animals. I don't see you on the throne. I don't see you having a crown on your head as a king of England. But in the eyes of God, you are a king. In the eyes of God, you are a priest. And all, that, all those things that have to do with priesthood and kingship, authority, commanding, prayers, offering incense to the Lord, is all done in that spiritual realm. So we have to learn to live in a dual place. You have to be here as well as live in the spiritual realm. Because that's where everything is happening. And we cannot as Christians afford to put so much focus on the physical and let the enemy keep us in bondage. Because remember, we are walking in freedom. We want to. God has made us to walk in freedom. Jesus says, I've given you all power and authority to thread upon serpents and upon scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And he said, nothing will by enemies hurt you. When he's talking about scorpions and and, and snakes, he's not talking about the snake you see on the field. 
He's talking about this, the wars, the trickery of the enemy. And so as believers, we, le- we need to learn. A lot of believers are in bondage, anger, sickness, disease, poverty, offense. Think about it. And he's using that to hold us in place so that we don't do what God has put in our hands to do. Or what God has called us to do. And the Bible says, you already have the victory. You are not fighting for victory. You already have your victory. And God wants you to maintain your victory. Every believer here, the day you got saved, as you were confessing Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, God was assigning a uniform to you. And it's called the armor of God. That's where all your weapons that you can use to fight and win, that's where they all are. Do you know about those weapons? And if you know, are you using them? Because if you don't use those weapons, you become a prisoner of war. Because whether you like it or not, you are in a battle. Your whole life is a a war. Your whole life is a battle. And the Bible says, this Ephesians is chapter 6 from verse 12 to 18. And I'll go all up, take my time with those scriptures. He says, this battle, this battle you are in. And these weapons God has given you is for you to be able to stand. And so you will see in those five or six verses, standing is mentioned like six or seven times. Because it's important to God that you stand and not fall. And in standing, what are you standing? You're standing to just maintain your position. The battle has already been won. All you're doing is maintaining your position. Making sure you don't give an inch. To the devil. He don't deserve an inch. And we will not give him an inch. We already have advantage over Satan. First John chapter 4 verse 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Not one, not two, all of them. You've overcome every one of them. He says, why? Because he who is in you is greater. Is greater. Than that problem is greater than that sickness, is greater than that issue that you're dealing with. But you have to realize that you have him on the inside of you. And let him come out and let the things he's putting in you come out and overcome those things. Luke 10, chapter 19, uh, chapter 10, verse 19. says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And over all, not some, but all, all of it. All the power of the enemy. And it says nothing will by enemies hurt you. So we are going to look at those weapons that I talked about. There are seven of them. In Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to read the scriptures here before I go into, one of, into all of them one by one. So just go with me. Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 11 through 18. It says, put on the whole armor of God. You put it whole, the whole armor, not part of it. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. All the devil has now is wiles and tricks. He's a scammer. Verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. You are not fighting just one principality. You are fighting principalities, just you that God called a little child. Fighting against principalities, against powers, against rulers, 
of the darkness of this age. And we see the darkness of this age. You all can see it. Elementary school, they are telling them, is, you don't even want to know what they are teaching them in school these days. I believe, April, you are, you are one of those that is really in the school district fighting all those things. Our children, as young as six years old, they are trying to tell them all kinds of crazy things that I don't even want to mention in this pulpit. It says, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, again, the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and have it done all to stand. So every man, everybody here, you're going to have an evil day come to you. Job had an evil day. Every one of you, and the Bible says the days we are living in are evil days. So not just one, we are going to have to be facing a lot of evil days. And God says these weapons he's giving to us are the weapons that we are going to be using to withstand and to stand against the enemy when we get to our evil day. Verse 14, it says, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So the first thing it tells you there that it's God's armor. It says put on the whole armor of God. God has the armor and God gives it to you and so you are going to use God's armor, God's tactics, God's ways and God's rules and not your own. You don't fight this battle the way you want to fight it. There are rules here that God wants us to go by. And if you read the Bible, you will find principles here. You will find laws here. You will find promises here that will help you to fight. This war, you cannot fight it. It's not your opinion that matters. It's not what you think that matters. It's not your preference that matters. It belongs to God and it must be done 100% the ways of the Lord. He provides it for you. Like I said, once you get saved, he gives that to you. It is your duty to put it on. A lot of us have that weapons. We've had our armor. We had our uniform given to us, but it's packed in our house. We go out every day, do life every day without putting on the armor of God. All these things he's told us to do. And you will not be able to walk in freedom. You cannot do anything significant in your life, I promise you, if you don't know these things and put them in practice. Then it says, put on the whole armor. You can't decide today, okay, I will pray next week, I will use the Bible, I will use the Word. Or you can't decide to do it the way of the world and, and buy into the lies of the world when the Bible tells you that the truth is what your belt should be. And I'm going to go into all of them. God giving me time. So you put it on the whole armor. Always have the belt. Always have the truth. Always have righteousness. If you are a Christian, the way you are here in church on Sunday morning is the way you should be at your job Monday to Friday. Is the way you should be with your wife and your children at home. 
It's called moral living. It's called uprightness. And then it says you are supposed to stand your ground. These weapons are for you to stand. You are not supposed to be on your back continuously. Yeah, we do fall. The Bible says the righteous man will fall seven times. But it doesn't say he gets, stays down there. You fall seven times and how many times do you get up? Seven times. You don't stay down there no matter what happens. No matter what the enemy does, the devil does, in your finances, in your health, in your family, no matter what he does, don't stay down there. When things are going wrong, that's not where to, when to isolate yourself from other believers. When things are not going right, that's not the time for you to not study your Bible and pray. That's what the enemy wants you to do. And the more you do that, the more he puts you in bondage. The more you cannot walk in freedom. The more the troubles multiply to the point you can't even see your way. You will have a Bible at home. Weeks will go by, you've not opened it, and you're a child of God. How are you going to live in this world that we're living in? Yesterday, we had women here, about 30 of us, I believe, or 25, I don't know. We went through how to study because I was like, we need to teach everybody how to study the Bible. It's not just to read it. The Bible says, study to make yourself approved, to show yourself approved, rightly dividing the word of God. As believers, we need to be able to study the Bible and apply those principles that we learn into our lives so that we can fight this battle. So we had that yesterday. A lot of women showed up. We're going to be doing it twice a year. I didn't realize that a lot of people don't know how to study the Bible. We need to learn how to deal with the devil. We cannot, these are not the days to be ignorant. These are not the days to be ignorant, I'm telling you. I read them in scripture, the Bible says in Revelation 12, I believe from verse 11, it says that the devil will bring, it's like you're about to give birth. Everybody, once you're saved, God plants a seed in you. And that seed has to germinate and come to fruition. You have to give birth to that thing God has given you, that purpose God has given you. And he says in these last days, Satan is bringing problems like flood. You're handling one, another one comes. You're trying to get your hand on that, three show up. And you're so focused, when a flood comes, you cannot be stable. You can't stand and be firm. A flood moves you up and down. And for you to give birth, I've never seen a woman giving birth. With, you have to, no, even God does it. That when you, those birth pains start, you find a place to stand and be steady to push. Satan is making sure we don't do that. So he brings a flood to move you up and down. You know you have a purpose. You have to birth something. But you can't find the ground to put your feet and stable yourself and push that thing out. And so we have to be wise to know how he does this thing. So we don't, we don't. I told him, I said, no, no, no. You've done your worst. (laughs) You've done your worst. I know now. That's the same for all of us. Don't let him mess with you. Don't let him mess with you. I've noticed in my own life, anything, anytime something major is about to happen, I know because of the problems that will start coming. I'm like, oh, there must be some activity. My angels, God has multiplied them. And the enemy has seen that. And he says, oh, look, Angela, they are about, so many of them around, and God is doing something. And then he will send his whole host of hell to you. And then you don't realize what's going on because you don't live there. You are only here on this realm. 
And so he comes and you think it's Sister Grace that's fighting you. Or he comes or you think it's April that's fighting you. Meanwhile, the enemy is laughing because he got you. You need to be wise. Weapon number one is truth. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14, verse the A part, it says, Stand firm, therefore, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Now, historically, Paul wrote these scriptures when he was in house prison. He was prison and he had guards surrounding him, Roman soldiers. And so watching the Roman soldiers, how they were dressed, he began to understand how we also fight and how we are also spirit soldiers in the spirit. And so the first piece of armor, the first piece of weapon is a belt. You all know that you put your belt in to tuck your shirt in or to tuck your blouse in so that you look neat and nice. And the belt wraps around your body. And the belt keeps you steady and stable. That's exactly what the truth, the word of God is. The Bible says here that who is the way, the truth, and the life? Who is the way, the truth, and the life? says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He says the truth that you know is what will set you free. So the first thing that the Bible says you must have to fight with in this battle is the truth. Jesus is the truth. Muhammad is not the truth. What do they call science, Scientology, whatever, is not the truth. Yoga is not the truth. Jesus is the truth. And you are supposed to wrap Jesus around your life. Everything about your life, everything must hinge on Jesus. The Roman soldiers, their belt was where everything else was tucked in. The belt was where the shield was tucked in. The belt was where everything. So without Jesus, you cannot even have any other thing working for you. It's not a matter of, oh, it's my truth. I believe this is how it is, and so that's what it is. No. The truth is this. Absolute truth is only this. We cannot dilute it. We cannot make it say what it didn't say. God says what he says, and God means what he says. And so you must not let this society change the truth of the word of God to fit their own lifestyle. And then they will tell you that not the truth, that you are now telling a lie. The ways of the Lord will never change. God will never change his ways to please us. We have to change our ways to please him. So that first article, that first weapon you must have as a believer to fight. Remember, we are fighting in the spiritual realm. For your battles to be successful, you must make sure you are facing the enemy with the truth. You must have Jesus because he's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And without him, you have no life, you have no truth, and you are completely lost. Jesus is the number one thing you must wear. Everything hinges on Jesus. Your salvation is in him. Your health is in him. Your wellness is in him. Your prosperity is in him. Everything is him. You cannot do anything in life without Jesus. Let the word of God touch every area of your life. When he does that, he keeps you safe. He keeps you from danger. The enemy will come near you. Because he knows you have Jesus wrapped all around you. 
The second weapon was the breastplate of righteousness. And you see that still in Ephesians chapter 6, 14b. It says, put the breastplate of righteousness in its place. Breastplate of righteousness. The Roman soldier wore the breastplate. It covered him from the shoulders a little below the belt. And it was meant to cover his heart, the vital organs, his heart and his lungs. God is telling you that your heart, what is in your heart, the way you live your life, because out of the heart flows all the issues of life, the Bible says. What is in your heart is what is going to show. I tell people, I know, if I get to know you, you might pretend to me for one month or two months, but by six months, the real you will come out. The real, you can't fake it. That's why the young people, if you're dating, don't date and marry somebody you've not known at least six months. Because they can pretend to be anything, but after six months, the real person is going to come out. So God says, be righteous, right standing, moral uprightness. If you are a Christian, you don't lie. If you are a Christian, you don't sleep with a man before you marry him. If you are a Christian, you don't cheat. If you are a Christian, you are not envious of people. If you are a Christian, you do what Christian people do. You live a life that is true, a life that is morally upright. Do we fall sometimes? Yes. That's why when you go to Christ, when you put on that breastplate, you are not going to him from the angle of, I wake up today, Jesus, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to be righteous. You wake up saying that because I am already made righteous in Christ, because he's already given me the robe of righteousness. When I wear him, I wear his righteousness. And so coming from that angle, I know I'm going to do right things today. Make sense? You start with the standing you have in Christ. You are in right standing with God. You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're already righteous. Sin does not have dominion over you anymore. When you wake up in the morning, you, that's what you tell yourself. I'm the righteousness of God. Sin does not have dominion over me. I can say no to that anger. I can say no to that sin because I'm already in right standing with God. You don't try to do it in your own power. You receive what has already been given to you. Amen? Live a life of sincerity, a life of honesty, a life of integrity. Keep your heart pure. Weapon number three, kind of rushing so I can finish, is the shoes of peace. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 15 says, And with your feet, feeded with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The Roman soldier wore the shoes. They had spikes in the shoes. And so when they were fighting, the, the, the shoes kept him sure-footed and firm-footed and balanced. And God says that that is what peace does for you. Peace is like you, that soldier wearing those shoes with spikes in it. So that when the waves of life come against you, your peace that you have in your heart. And when I talk about peace, is that inner confidence that no matter what is happening, God has you covered. Is that inner sense of well-being and people are wondering the whole earth, everything around him or her is, is going crazy and yet she's this peaceful, he's this peaceful. It's an inner scenario, serenity that God gives you because you know that your life is in his hands. 
and that you know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And so because you love God and God has called you, everything that happens to you in life is going to work out for good. And so when you know that, no matter what comes, you're able to be safe. You feel safe. You feel secure because you know God is in control. Amen? He says that's the kind of shoes. Everywhere you go, that's the kind of shoes you should have. The shoes that keep you balanced in place. Peace is what keeps you stable. Peace is what keeps you balanced. You cannot be flopping in and out when you are doing a battle. When the enemy comes against you as he will on your evil day, no matter what happens, keep your peace. Find scriptures that will keep your peace. Jesus says he's the prince of peace. He says, peace I give to you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. The world will not understand the peace you have. How does somebody who just, this is happening to, how can they be so peaceful? It's because you know, Jesus says, he says, I will give you my peace always, at all times. So that's what you must do, carry the peace of God. And then he says, that when you wear shoes, you're also going somewhere with the shoes. Nobody wears their shoes and stay in bed or lie in bed at night, no. You wear your shoes because you're going out. And he says, that peace you carry with you is a gospel. It's good news. So you go to people too and give them that good news of peace. And tell them, listen to what God has done for me. In the midst of me losing my husband, look at what God has done for me. And maybe they are saying, oh my God, if they can do that, what can I not do? If they can be standing firm, even in the midst of all of this, now you've transferred that peace to somebody else. That's what it's all about. And he says that is a weapon. That is a lethal weapon. When you do that, the enemy cannot win anything against you. When he comes and he finds you smiling, he's trying to make you cry, and he finds you laughing and smiling. You may, you may be crying in the physical, but in your spirit mind, you're saying, Lord, I thank you because I know this is not it. You are at peace. Everybody's seeing you. You've given them the gospel. So not only have you done, worn those shoes for you to stay steady, you've worn those shoes to help somebody else stay steady. Amen? The shoes of peace. Hallelujah. Number four is the shield of faith. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16. It says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows. King James says the fiery darts of the enemy. So Satan hates you to the point that when he's sending those arrows to you, he doesn't just send them. He dips them in oil puts fire on it before he sends them. What does that mean? What does it mean when it says flaming arrows? Now, the soldier, when they wore the shield, the shield was the biggest part of the armory. It was covered. If they crouch, they can actually hide their whole body behind the shield. But the shield, when you hold it up, all the arrows has to go in that shield and prevent them from getting to you, any part of your body. And he's telling you that that shield that you should have when you're fighting the devil is your faith. It's your faith. When God tells you that you are rich, meanwhile you don't have a dime in your pocket, and the devil comes and tells you, how can you say you are rich when you don't have even a dime in your account? 
That shield of faith is what tells, tells the devil, I don't, be, I don't care what I, I see. God says it, and it is so. When you say that, you've just held up your shield of faith against the devil. Now, what the enemy does in the, old, in the Roman Empire, what they do is that when the enemy is shooting those arrows at you, sometimes they don't shoot it straight at you. They shoot it around you. They shoot it at your car, your, your, you see what the, the cart, where you, the, thing, the horse, the horse cart. They shoot it at the tires to set everything on fire. So that when everything is on fire, you put that shield down and you're trying to take, that's the, that's the arrow. That, that's why they put fire in the arrow. So how does that apply to us? Have you noticed that when you are standing in faith, you know you're fine. You know you know the scriptures. And you're telling the devil the scriptures. He goes to your child. He goes to your employees. He goes to your boss. He goes to your best friend. Sometimes he goes to your wife or your husband. And try to, I mean, you're putting out fires all the time. You put out this fire, your child is acting crazy. You finish that, is your husband or your wife acting crazy. You finish that, is your boss wanting to fire you. And you're so paying attention to all the little fires, putting out the little fires, you forget to confess what God has said. You forget to put up the shield of faith to fight with. You are so involved with everything, all the fruits, and you forget to go to the root of the problem. And God is saying, no. When you need to fight this battle, focus on your shield, because that shield is what you need. Let the those fires will not do anything. If you know how to use the shield, when you see that thing coming, you do that. When it's from this angle, you do that. And so that's what we need to learn how to do. When you, no soldier goes into the field or goes to battle without knowing how to use the sword and the shield. It's practice. You start with facing just one. And then they show you how to face this and face that. The same thing in life. If you have one problem, find the scriptures for that problem. If another one come, find the scriptures for that one. And we all have faith. We all have faith. But the Bible says God has given all of us a measure of faith. Do you know how I know we all have faith? If you go in a plane, do you see road up there? Is there a highway up there in the sky? Has any of you met the pilot before you get in that plane? You don't know if he's drunk, drunk all night if you have an early morning flight. But you enter that plane, you sit down, you belt yourself, and you put your head back and you go to sleep. For somebody you don't know driving you in the skies where there's no road. And you tell me you don't have faith? We all have faith. You go to a doctor, they write you a prescription, you don't know what they've written. And they give you that paper, you don't know if they want to kill you. Do you take it and go to the pharmacy? And give it to the pharmacist. And they go behind some door. And come back and give you pills. And they say, take this morning, afternoon, evening for seven days. We'll take care of that problem. How do you know it's what is in that powder? Do you not go home and take it three days every day, morning, afternoon, evening for one week? And you expect it to heal you? You have faith. You can take the word of God just like that. You can do just the same thing. If you can't believe a doctor, you don't know. Go to a pharmacist, you don't know. They give you tablets, you don't know. You fly on an airplane, you don't know the pilot. On the sky, there's no road. You can believe God as well. 
You see how I, I tell everybody, we all have faith. And the Bible says all you even need is a mustard seed. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? It's a tiny thing. That's all you need for you to move any problem you have. Oh, four minutes more, four minutes more, four minutes more. Ooh. Anyway, I should preach? Huh? Don't tell me you'll be here too. <laughs> I have a lot to say. Weapon number five, the helmet of salvation. This one right here is where we all fail. Me included. Because the battle is right here. Your whole life can be ruled by this thing between your ears here. One person, 20 people will tell you, oh, Michelle, you look fabulous. One person will tell you, oh, no, you don't look. Which one are you going to listen to? You read all the scriptures and everything. You're just quoting the scriptures. And then somebody tells you something. And all those scriptures you've quoted, it's like they just went, and you're focusing on that one thing. And the enemy uses that to bring you down, to make you that God doesn't love you. Oh, you are not really anything in the eyes of God. Look at you. You've been praying for this one thing. Sister Angela just prayed one time. She has it. And you've been believing God for 20 years. Oh, God prefers Sister Angela to me. That one thought alone takes you away from God. God is not faithful. He did it for Sister Angela. He didn't do it for me. He prefers her. doesn't prefer me. The thoughts in our life, and the Bible says you have to have a helmet. It calls it the helmet of salvation on your head. Because the brain controls everything. Your brain controls everything. If somebody shoots you in real life, in your brain, that's it. That is it. So your, your whole life is controlled by what is in your head. And it says, wear the helmet of salvation. What does that mean? It's telling you, remember the benefits of your salvation. Remember what God has told you, that you are the head and not the tail. Remember that he says you are above and never beneath. Remember what he says, that you are the righteousness of Christ. Remember what he says, that you are blessed. Remember what he says, that you are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Remember all the promises of your salvation, what salvation has brought for you. If you always remember those, it becomes like a helmet for your head. And so when the enemy brings those thoughts against you, oh, you are not, you are not anything. You, you, who are you to ever think you amount to anything? I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. That thing hits that helmet and it goes away. Oh, you are poor. No, 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 I'm rich in Christ Jesus. That is how we fight. That is what you do. Number six. The sword of the spirit. This one right here is the only offensive weapon you have. If you've noticed, everything is for you to, to hide and to protect yourself. This is the only one that is offensive. Because the sword, the Bible calls it the sword of the spirit. And in my studies, I thought it was this long sword. It's not. It's very short. It's like a knife. Almost like a kitchen knife. But it's sharp on both ends. It's been sharpened on both ends. And it's used for very close combat. Very close. So, the word of God, when the enemy is face to face with you, you must use the word of God. 
And he calls it the sword of the spirit because in the spirit realm, that's the only fight, the, the thing that you put in the hands of the spirit to fight for you. If you don't have the word of God, you can cry all you want. You can lament all the way. You can complain all the If you don't say, if the, even Jesus did the same thing in the wilderness. It is written. And as he said that, he put that sword in the hands of the spirit. And that was how he defeated the enemy. The same with you and I. When the enemy comes to you, do you know it is written? Do you know the scripture and the verse? That you can say to the enemy and say, this is what the Bible says. I believe what the Bible says. Because immediately you start quoting the scripture, you've just handed the sword over to the spirit to fight for you. And that's the only way the, enemy, the spirit can fight for you and you can defeat your enemy. Amen? Amen? That's why it's called the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit. The Bible also says that the word of God is living and powerful. Hebrews 4.12 the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is what you fight with. And you have to be trained how to use the sword. You don't see any soldier just going out there carrying the sword and just... They train them. You know when to thrust up. You know when to stab. You know when to slice. There is a word for every situation. You don't just carry the Bible and be... You have to study and know the right time to use the right word and the right moment to use the right word. Amen? Then the seventh one, quickly, is the, uh, the prayer, the seventh piece of armor. Some people don't include this, but I believe it is. Because if you don't pray, you can't even have the strength to fight. Prayer is what strengthens you. When you spend time with the Lord, and it says here, Ephesians 6 verse 18, it says, and pray in... This is what I keep telling people that say, you know, they don't believe in speaking in tongues. I say, okay, it says pray in the spirit because they says, oh, we all have the spirit. But everywhere else you see the spirit of the human spirit is a small letter S. But here it's telling you to pray in the big spirit, her capital spirit, Holy Spirit, on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So you have prayers of intercession, you have prayers of groaning, you have all individual prayer, you have group prayer, all kinds of prayer. It says when it comes to your enemy, you use every kind of prayer. There are times all you can do is just pray in tongues. There are times all you can do is just groan from your spirit man. There are times all you can do is just shout. There are times all that comes out of you is just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Any kind of prayer. That's why it says all kinds of prayers. You pray any kind of prayer that comes in. And as you're doing it, you're strengthening yourself. The Bible says praying in the Holy Spirit and, and strengthening yourself, encouraging yourself. When you pray in the Spirit, you encourage yourself. You strengthen yourself. You embolden yourself. So without prayer, none of these weapons will work because you'll be a weak Christian. A prayerless Christian is a weak Christian. And so that's what we're going to be doing this morning. We're going to pray for those who have issues going on. Stand up with, with me. I'm, I'm done. I want the prayer partners to please come out. We're going to be praying this morning. We're going to be praying if you're here and you say, Lord, I need this in my life or I need that in my life. Or I need the enemy to just finish. I don't want anything to do with him anymore. We have a lot of people that have been coming to us since we've been preaching this. That's saying, I want to be free. I want to be set free from one thing or the other. If that is you this morning, I want you to come out. There is healing here. 
There's deliverance here. Everything, like the Bible says, nothing. With God, nothing is impossible. So as we just lift our hands and as they, they play quietly, I want you to come out to the, our prayer partners here and just agree with them. Let them pray for you and pray with you for whatever it is that you're having to go through. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you that you've not left us hopeless. We thank you that you've not left us hopeless. We thank you that you've given us everything we need to fight with. We thank you, Lord God, and we give you all the praise this morning. Oh, we give you all the praise and we give you all the worship. Lord, we thank you because we know you are for us. You are for us. You've given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's power in agreement. There's power in agreement. There's power in agreement. Come and agree with someone. There's nothing too hard for God. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Agree with your brother. Agree with your sister. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Give you praise, oh God. We give you praise, oh God. We give you praise, oh God. Manderebo shekenderebo sende yaraba. Konderebo shendere yababa konderi yababa koyeke shataraba. Mondorebo senderebo shikanderi yababa. Anderebo, Father, we join our faith with these ones here at the altar, God. We join our faith with them, O oh God. And Lord, we lift up their needs to you, O oh God. Father, you that said to you, all, oh, everyone will come. Lord, we come to you on their behalf that every problem, every situation will be taken care of today. To the glory of your name. Thank you, Jesus. The rest